It's another awesome weekend at Bergie's. Episode 22, we've got Pete Morey here to school me on British G.I. Joes? What? Yeah, it's a real thing. And uh, I want to tell you, Toronto, August 11th, I'll be at Handlebar 159 Augusta. And September 3rd, I'll be at the legendary Horseshoe Tavern. Now, a quick word from our latest sponsor, my new favorite action figure line. Introducing the world's leading covert squad of uniquely talented super professional secret specialists, officially unknown to anyone only as 1984. Their purpose is based on the intention to preserve the autonomy of freedom by assembling a multidisciplined elite unit of highly skilled agents with a firm resolve to use their unconventional character traits and roughhousing abilities for the good of every person, child, and human. But just who are they? I'm glad you asked. Let's meet the team! First, there's 1984's leader in espionage, a.k.a. Sneaky Pants. Well, on his way to completing a double major in mystic martial arts and library science at the Temple of the Unspoken Monks, he fell victim to a freak accident that rendered his entire body incapable of making any sounds whatsoever. Now, he travels the world with 1984 as the sneakiest person alive. Then there's Strike Zone. He's a baseball-themed guy who wears bullet-reflective catcher's gear and never leaves home without his 200-mile-per-hour pitching machine gun. Also, there's Pilot Commander Flight Plan. She can fly anything, even boats. And I can't forget Wildlife. Sean Critter was just a normal, regular man until he was abandoned as a child at a zoo, determined not to die. Wildlife taught himself over 1,300 animal languages before moving to Australia to study with the world's leading animals. Now, for some reason, he's on 1984, and he's determined to make cool animals you've never heard of more popular. 1984! Tell your parents to buy all 1,980 characters for you today. Do this now. <laughs> Welcome to episode 22. It's great to have you here. I am Word Burgula, a.k.a. Bergie, and this is the podcast where we hang out at my place and talk about cool stuff. Like today, we're talking about G.I. Joe. Because why? Well, it's actually the first G.I. Joe-inspired episode we've done, which is a little weird because I'm a huge fan, but we're finally getting to it. So glad to have you back. we got an awesome episode today. Pete Morey is here from CBC. He's going to school us on Action Force. Uh, but first, I've got an epic uh, recount of G.I. Joe Con, which I need to share with all of you. And I just got back from Loveland, Colorado, where it was held. And yeah, so let's let's get into it. It's 2016, and they announced it's going to be the final G.I. Joe Con ever. So I had to go. I figured, okay, I can do a show in Colorado to help me uh, justify my weekend of geeking out over G.I. Joe toys. I get in touch with Starf, and Starf is the first hero in our story today. Now, Starf is a, a dope indie rapper originally from Minnesota, and he was currently living in Colorado. So I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, I'm coming out to Colorado. Uh, what are the chances of hooking up a show? Starf says I can get you a show in Denver. Awesome. Great. On the Thursday night, I'll go to Denver, fly into Denver from Toronto, do this show in Denver, then find my way to Loveland somehow and spend the weekend at G.I. Joe Con. Perfect. The second hero of our story, Joe Goldston. Big shout out to Joe. Joe said, hey man, I'm going to be in Loveland. 
I can come pick you up at the show. We're going to come check out the show with some of the guys, and we can drive you back to Loveland. Are, are you kidding me? This is amazing. The, the, the kindness, it didn't stop there. But let me continue real quick. Do the show in Denver. Everybody came through. It was an amazing, amazing night. Got to meet a lot of great people. If you're, if you're listening to this and you were there, thanks. You know, I, I got, uh, I was really, really overwhelmed. To, it was my first time in Colorado and, and met so many cool people, including our next hero of the story, Colton. Colton Starf picked me up at the airport in Denver, and we had a lot of time to kill before the show that night. So they said, hey, we're... We're going to go to Mile High Comics, which, of course, is the comic book store I've wanted to go to my entire life because I've read about Mile High Comics in the back of comic books. If you've ever picked up an old Marvel or DC comic, you've no doubt seen an ad for this comic book store, this giant, giant comic book store called Mile High Comics. I'm like, how can they have a Mile High's worth of comic books? I got to check this out. Never, I I never thought that I I would actually get there, but sure enough, I'm there. (laughs) I get there. So Colton Starf and I show up at Mile High Comics and I you know I knew I was going. I had I had prepared a list. You know me, I like I said last episode there's there's stuff, you know, I, I'm I'm looking for this, I'm looking for that. So I get there and uh and the stuff on my list I was looking for the Vision issues 4, 5 and 6, which if you have not read is probably the best superhero comic of 2016. Uh, it's by Tom King, is the writer. Gabriel Walta is the artist, and it's all about the Vision, who has moved to Washington, D.C. and got a home in the suburbs, and he's a liaison to the White House, and he's trying to understand the human condition and trying his hardest to be normal, so... He creates a wife and kids, because that's what you do when you're trying to be normal and you're a synthesoid. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything else. It's, I'm loving this series. All the thumbs all the way up. Check out The Vision from Marvel. The first trade paperback just came out, so definitely go hit Strange Adventures. Go hit Silver Snail. Go hit Big B. Go hit Funny Books. Go hit whatever comic book shop you love and, uh, and try it out. And if you don't like it, you, uh, you talk to Bergie. But I digress. So I get there. I'm looking for the single issues of The Vision, issues four, five, and six. I get to Mile High Comics. Everyone's like, oh, Mile High Comics. They've got miles and miles of comics. They're going to have everything. We've got what you need. What are you looking for? Do you have The Vision four, five, and six? We don't have those. <laughs> so it's, it's, what can I say? These back issues, they're hard to track down. I, more on that shortly. So Colton and I and Star for having a great time at My High Comics. We do wind up finding a few comics to pick up. I got the Phil Noto Scarlet issue, which is a great old G.I. Joe uh, declassified comic. One shot, some great art, cool little story about Scarlet. Think, uh, I think Colton actually may have snagged an early issue of The Vision on my recommendation. So I, uh, he, he, he was drinking the Kool-Aid that I was pouring. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you liked it, Colton. So... We we go to a pizza place in Denver, Colorado. If you haven't been to Denver, uh, it's great great pizza scene. I think I had three different pizzas there. Got sandwiches at Snarf's, which was delicious in Denver. Really good, nice, fresh sandwiches. Did the show in Denver. Great time. Joe shows up with uh, another new friend of mine, Ben, who's uh, one of the, the biggest G.I. Joe experts I have ever met. Ben and Joe drove me back to Loveland after the show. They were they had been at the at Joe Con during the day, and it was just getting warmed up, and we were all excited. However, there was a cloud of 
a cloud of cloudiness because we knew this was going to be the last joke on. So it was just sort of there was a bit of, of somber feeling going on. Now, G.I. Joe Con, it's not like San Diego Comic Con. All right. There's not thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It's it's not like Fan Expo. It's a very concentrated convention of very cool, passionate and intelligent and hilarious G.I. Joe collectors. The best, of course. Did I mention Pete Mori is here already from CBC? You're going to love Pete. He has promised, he just pulled up on his Ram motorcycle, and he has promised me that he has brought with him some top-secret classified intel that he's, he's going to share with us. And it's dating back to the early 80s, and it's from the U.K., so I'm very curious what it'll be, but he promises that it's going to be very, very interesting and enlightening to Joe fans, especially those of us on this side of the pond. But we'll we'll get to that faster than you can say there's no place like Springfield. Can you tell us a G.I. Joe episode yet? Yes. <laughs> I'm not pandering, but uh, I'm I'm having fun here. We get to Loveland, Colorado. By the time we get there, I think it was like three or four in the morning. And they're telling me, they're like, look, if you want to get these G.I. Joe exclusive figures that they offer at the convention, you need to get up really early and get in line and make sure you get these figures because you don't want to miss these rare Sky Patrol figures, which are amazing. So I'm thinking, all right, got to get up early. I get like maybe three and a half hours sleep, wake up, roll out of bed, go downstairs, grab the free breakfast before they open up the G.I. Joe exclusives lineup store. And I get there. And uh, and I and I meet somebody. Some guy, a stranger, just stopped me and recognized me. It was very nice. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm half asleep. I'm a zombie. I'm just trying to get my GI Joe exclusives. <laughs> and he was super cool. Not sure what your name was, but you were the first person I met that day, which turned out to be one of the craziest days ever. Why? Well, okay, I'll get to that. I got my GI Joe exclusives. All of them. I got the Pythona figure, which I've been waiting for. I got Skyburst and uh, Skymate and Cloudburst. I'm so excited. Can't even get these crazy code names right. I got all the, the, the Sky Patrol action figures. It's, it's crazy the amount of toys that I've now brought back with me. I'm, I haven't even had a chance to play with them all and put them all in action poses yet. There's just, it's, it's out of control, really. But very exciting. My first time at JoeCon, the first and last JoeCon. I had I was like, okay, I'm buying G.I. Joe's. <laughs> so let me continue. They're, they do a parachute drop at G.I. Joe Con where they literally drop G.I. Joe action figures with parachutes in t- down through this uh, at the Embassy Suites Hotel from the top floor, and they drop it into the center of the lobby, and you see all the figures, and they're, they're just coming down like paratroopers. It's, it's actually quite a sight to behold. If you're inspired, go, uh, go online. I'm sure there are some, some videos that you can, you can find of that. So the G.I. Joe parachute drop was, was really fun. A lot of great time. A lot of people were there. I was meeting some more people. Families were out. It was just it was having so much fun. And who do I meet but the one and only super customizer, Rob Osborne, Ozzy. And Ozzy, I've only to this date uh, spoken with online, and Ozzy had created an amazing Rap Viper custom action figure, and he sent me pictures of it, and it looked it looked phenomenal. I was, I was completely flattered and honored, uh, and just really uh, humbled that he spent all this time to make this incredible figure. And he, and he shared these pictures online; they were on HisTank.com, and 
I, I shared them on the Facebook page. You may have seen them. Just incredible work. And what does he do? He says, I've got something for you. After he introduces himself, and it was great to meet him and his family. So he pulls out this box, and sure enough, he opens it up, and it's the Rap Viper figure. And he says, it's, it's for me. I've, honestly, I'm, I'm looking at the figure right now. I'm still in just sheer awe that you have created such an incredible action figure. I'm going to put pictures up on the Facebook page. And I'll, 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 I've got a video that I'm going to share that I, I shot as I was being given this figure. It's incredible. He's got a microphone. He's, he's got the goggles on. He's got the helmet. He's got a modified version of uh, Firefly's backpack here. And it looks exactly like the Rap Viper from the cover of Welcome to Cobra Island and the Rap Viper video. And it's, it's better than I could have ever imagined. Not only did he make a figure, he made a boombox with a cassette tape. He's got the Rap Viper cassette tape in it and two extra bonus tapes of Call Destro and Chuckles. I'm, it's just incredible. So I'll, I will share pictures. Check out the Facebook page, Word Burglar, or Facebook.com slash Word Burglar. If you're not already on there, and I will post that there. So he gives me this figure, and he's just the coolest guy. The great thing is whenever you meet a stranger that you know from the internet, and you meet them in person, and they turn out to just be an awesome human, it's just a great feeling. And uh, I've said it on here before. You guys, every time I meet you guys, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just honored to, to meet cool people, and I'm, and I'm glad that you're digging. you're digging the stuff that we're making over here. So this is still Friday, okay? So I get this amazing Rap Viper figure. I've scored my exclusive Joes. I'm just freaking out. This is so much fun. Then I meet a guy named Paul Pants, who we share a mutual friend, my buddy James White. Now, James White did the art for Replicable Skills, and he had mentioned, he's like, hey, man, my buddy Paul Pants is going to JoeCon. You got to meet him. So shout out Paul Pants. Awesome dude. Check out his website, Plastic Battles. And uh, he does amazing pho- photography. So plasticbattles.net. Check, check out this, his backyard G.I. Joe photo shoots. They're, they're pretty sweet. And not just backyards. This is a really long intro, but it's, it's good. It's good. I'm going somewhere. So we're having fun at JoeCon. Lunchtime comes up. Joe Goldston, who is the man once again, Joe says, hey, a bunch of us are going for lunch at the only uh, place outside of the Embassy Suites that is, uh, has any type of food or booze or, or anything going on. It's a bowling alley arcade called The Summit. So I go there for lunch, meet a couple of, uh, of Joe's pals from the Triangle Joe's. and We haven't even ordered yet, and I've just met Joe's friend Josh. Now, Josh is very friendly, and he's, he's saying, hey, man, sorry I couldn't make the show in Denver last night. You know, I was kind of having a wild time. It's Colorado. There's, uh, there's stuff to do in Colorado that I think a few people partook in that may have <laughs> wiped them out. And he says, he says, hey, you know what? Why don't you do a show here tonight? It's, this place is right next to JoeCon. Just do a show here at this bowling alley arcade place in the middle of nowhere, Loveland, Colorado. And I've just sort of chuckled. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do they have a sound system? Yeah, I was, I was a little skeptical if they, they could uh, accommodate uh, any type of rap show. And Josh says, just one second. I, we haven't even ordered yet, okay? We've got the menus out. I'm still trying to decide what I'm going to get. Next thing I know, I hear Josh calling me from the other end of this bowling alley saying, hey, hey, come on over here, man. Bird, come on over here. I go over there. He's like, this is the manager. He says you can do a show here tonight. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, Josh is this man is a, a true hustling, energetic, uh, amazing person. And when he gets an idea in his head, you know, he just he sees it through all the way. And I was just I, I couldn't say no. I was I was into it. I was happy to do it. But I was also like, well, you know, I just did a show last night. I barely slept. I was just sort of planning to enjoy the rest of the weekend and not have to, to quote, unquote, work. And, and Josh was like, yeah, yeah, all right, cool. We'll do this show. It's going to be great. So then I say, okay, well, what kind of equipment do we have? And, the, and then the manager would, would go through a few scenarios, and, and then he remembers, oh, you know what? There's a band playing here tonight. They're playing out on the patio tonight. They'll be done at 9 o'clock. You guys can take over at 9 and do the show. And I'm like, okay, great. We'll take over at 9. We'll set things up. Maybe we'll tell people the show will go on around 9.15. I'll do like half hour, 40 minutes. It'll be great. Awesome. Okay, cool. It's on. Go back to JoeCon. I'm just like, all right, I guess we just got to spread word of mouth and whoever hears about it from JoeCon will come over. Some people posted on Facebook and his tank and stuff. And that next thing I know, Josh comes up and he's like, hey, man, I made some flyers for the show. <laughs> and this is a testament to how awesome Josh is. And I was just smiling. And it was just like, OK, it's on. He, made, he went to the business center in the hotel and created these flyers, which it spelled my name wrong, okay? It said it was like Word Burglar ER, which is a common mistake. It's okay, Josh. You, you, you got chutzpah, but maybe not spelling skills. I love you, man. So he's handing out flyers on the floor. Word of mouth is spreading. People are getting excited. They're coming up to me. They're like, all right, the show's happening tonight. Awesome. I'm excited. Joe Con, I can kick some Joe rhymes to people who know what I'm talking about. I can go, I can go real deep. Go for the deep, deep cuts, deep rhymes. And so things, things are all good. Wander around, cons going on, great. Show up to the summit around 8.30 or so, okay? There's a band playing outside, these two dudes, Carl and Steve. So the manager at the summit says, yeah, all right, uh, okay, you could, you're just supposed to talk to the, to the band out there, and, and they'll hook you up. So here's Carl and Steve. I go out there, walk on the patio. There's like three people sitting out on the patio. And there's Carl and Steve who are looking exhausted. They're tired. They've been out in the sun for who knows how long. And these, these fellas, they're, they're older, okay? They, they got a, a, a few years on, on myself and, uh, and pretty much anyone there. And they, they look like they've been slogging it out for a bit. So I, they're staring at me, and I think they knew that I was, I was going to be performing there. So I said, hey, guys, uh, you know, I'm supposed to – I'm going to take over when you're done, so just let me know. And they're like, oh, we thought you were starting now. I said, what? Hang on a second. Yeah, yeah, we, we thought you were coming on, and you were going to play from 845 to 9 o'clock because we're out of here at 9. I go, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Um, I, I thought you guys were done at 9, then I'm taking over, and, and I'll go till 10. And they're like, no, no, we're out of here at 9. This is our gear. These are our speakers. These are our mics. Everything It's coming with us. We're out of here by 9 o'clock, so you got to perform right now. And there's no one there. I'm like, hey, guys, you got to help me out here, okay? This show, I know it's a last-minute thing. And they're thinking, what is this guy? He's going to come rap. There's a G.I. Joe convention. He's from Canada. Like, this is a weird they, – they think it's a joke. They're just looking me up and down, don't know what to make of me. And, and I'm like, look, listen, Carl and Steve, like, as artist to artist, how can we make this happen? We've got – 
a ton of people who say they're coming over from just over the convention center. And we need to make this show happen. The manager said that it was all good and you guys could let us have it from 9 to 10. No, we're done at 9. They would not budge. We go in, we talk to the manager. The manager's calling his manager. No one's doing anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm begging with these guys. I'm like, look, do you need money? Can we get you some money? Like, what can we do to, to keep the gear here for an hour? And I was like, even a half hour at this point. They said, no, the story. They, they were not budging. So I just said, all right, fine. By this point, it's about 9 o'clock. We'd started arguing. They said, we're done, we're done, we're done. I'm pleading with them. They said, all right, go now. you got 10 minutes. I plug in my laptop, turn on the beats, no sound check, nothing. Grab the microphone. First thing I say, hey, everybody, let's hear it for Carl and Steve. Okay, now Carl and Steve had like a tip jar in front of them that had maybe like two bucks in it. Okay, and at this point, more people are coming in, and I'm just saying, everybody, let's hear it for Carl and Steve. They've been out here. It's been a hot day. Oh, man, it, and it was super hot there. They were just sweating and looking unhappy, okay? They did not want to be there. They didn't know what was going on. So I'm like, here, give these guys a tip. It's so hot out here. Next thing I know, people start tipping them. They start putting money in the jar. Carl and Steve are kind of looking around. I'm like, all right, I'm Word Burglar. I'm going to do my first song. Do my first song. End of the first song, shout out Carl and Steve again. Everyone's like, yeah, Carl and Steve. And people at this point are showing up. They don't know who Carl and Steve are. I don't even know who Carl and Steve are, okay? <laughs> like, these are the two old guys playing, like, songs for families getting nachos at bowling birthday parties. And they, next thing you know, they've got people showing up dressed like cobras and, and all kinds of characters. And they don't know what's going on. Friday night at the bowling alley. And so basically what happened was I just kept encouraging people to tip and cheer for Carl and Steve. Then a few of the finest showed up and uh, there were a few female Cobra troopers who got on stage and then Carl and Steve were kind of interested in this. And anyways, basically the point of the story, I just kept uh, cheering for Carl and Steve because I understood their situation. It was very weird and, uh, and I appreciated that they just sort of let me come in. And all the people who came to the show, and if you were there, thank you, people were tipping Carl and Steve and Carl and Steve were just getting into it. So then I realized like, you know, geez, it's been like 15 minutes. I've been stretching this out. I've been buying as much time as I possibly can. And then I said, well, guys, you know, I, I don't really have much more time. Carl walks over takes the mic from me, and he says, I got something to say. My mic has never sounded better than this. And I was like, what? They, they did a complete turnaround, complete reversal, and then they were like, play a few more songs. Wound up stretching out the gig to, I think, like 25 minutes or so, and Carl and Steve seemed happy. They wanted to stay and party. It was looking pretty scary there for a second. But the show happened, and honestly, it was one of the most memorable shows that I have ever done. And it was because, really, there was that fear for a moment that the show was not going to happen. And we, it was the power of, of, I don't know what it was, but just something in the air in Colorado. Take your pick, what you may think it may have been. And it was just, it was a great, a great experience. Icing on the cake, Colton shows up at the show. Now, remember Colton from Mile High Comics earlier, or the day before in Denver. He shows up at the show. He's found me two of the Vision comics that they didn't have at Mile High. Turns out he was in Fort Collins and scored them and brought them back to me. So shout out, Colton. Just incredible. Next day at the con, people are excited, but they're sad because we think this is going to be the end of G.I. Joe Con. Then G.I. Joe Con makes a huge announcement that the con is going to continue. 
So there's two more years left of the con. Next year is in Orlando. If you are a G.I. Joe fan at all, ever, in life, uh, you should go to Orlando next year. It's going to be an amazing show. There's some wheels in motion to maybe make some cool things happen. Another highlight, real quick, before we compete, is here. We're going to get right into this. I met Mark Weber. Big shout out to Mark Weber. If you're a Joe fan, you know that Mark Weber is on the Hasbro G.I. Joe team. And he uh, he was just really cool. And we, we talked about G.I. Joe for a bit. And he was just super friendly and super awesome. And uh, it's cool to know that uh, that the guy who's, who's making G.I. Joe at Hasbro was, uh, was down with the Rap Vipers. So that was... That was a great feeling, but again, there's so many amazing people that I met, and it's hard to even start shouting people out, because I know I'm going to forget people, but big, big, big shout out, Joe Goldston, uh, Carson, Jim, Josh, Greg, all the Triangle Joes, the whole crew there, Colton, Dylan, Starf, you you started things, you made it happen, my man One Up, Kadesh Flow, Adam Celine, everybody, Ann Hobbs, Paul Pants, everybody at the finest, Gary, Mike, Chris, everyone from What's on Joe Mind, Rob Osborne, come on, man, Fantro, you who made an amazing Buzzbore Transformer, uh, Transformer custom, which the customs, that's a whole other thing. I could just talk about G.I. Joe Con for like an hour now, but I'm, I'm trying to contain myself. Shout out Nomad. Honestly, everyone, it was just an amazing experience. I, this June and July, it's been a crazy, crazy time for me. There's a lot going on. That's why we haven't had uh, many podcasts, but there's a lot of new stuff coming out. Les and I have been working on some new tracks. There's a lot happening with me in the next couple weeks that uh, we'll, uh, we'll probably explain later. But, uh, but it's just a, it's, this has been a real highlight of my year. So thanks to everyone I met at JoeCon. Now, let's jump into this. Pete Mori is here. Some of you may know Pete from CBC Radio. He was on R3. He does a lot of hosting at CBC. Brilliant man. Great DJ. Great host. And also a lifelong G.I. Joe fan. But it's not the kind of G.I. Joe that you and I may know. No, he's a, he's a fan of G.I. Joe's that originated in the UK. So... I'm not really sure what we've got in store, so get ready for this great talk. Shout out Chokulis, who was on last episode. I hope you check that episode out. Go check out all the other episodes. We try and make every episode unique and interesting and fun. And big shout out to Peter Project, who made that amazing intro theme music that you heard. Do you like 1984s? You want to hear more? Let me know. Drop us a line always, weekendatburgies at gmail.com. Send me your questions. We're going to do a mailbag episode on episode 25, which will hopefully be coming out sooner than you think. I know they've been a little slow this year, but but it's been busy. Good reasons, good reasons. A lot more to tell you about next episode. But right now, let's just jump right into it. My man, Pete Maury. I can tell you're a professional. I like to uh, like to talk about things. Um, Bergie, I'm so uh, amazed to be here in your place, surrounded by so many incredible things. 
Why, thank you. I'm happy to have you here. I'm seeing comic books, books, movies, DVDs galore, uh, action figures to the max. You're taking me back to my to my days. Oh man, what were your action figures of choice? I think I know the answer. Action Force. That does is that, the does first. Does that ring a bell for you? It does ring a bell. It's, you, you're it, thinking about Action Force. Um, the, mm. I, I have always had. I'm trying to frame this for our listeners who may not be as geeky as us. Frame it. Frame away, buggy. Well, Action Force to me was something I encountered. I guess maybe midway through my childhood after being a G.I. Joe fan for a few years, and there was a Marvel comic from the U.K. called G.I. Joe European Missions. <laughs> <laughs> and when you open the comic, you're like, what is this? These are the characters I recognize. There's Duke and Snake Eyes and Hawk and everybody. But then occasionally it would say Action Force on some of the artwork. I was like, what is this? And I learned that it was the UK's version of G.I. Joe. I'm going to tell you all about it, because I had the exact <laughs> reverse experience. I was watching my Action Force show as a kid, playing with my Action Force toys, and in the middle of the Action Force cartoon, there'd be like vehicles buzzing past with G.I. Joe written on the side, and everybody would be shouting, yo, Joe, and it wouldn't make any sense, because Action Force were the good guys, right? Wrong. <laughs> I'm going to give you a quick rundown on the history of, of why I think it's Action Force and why you think it's G.I. Joe. Is All that right. cool? Yeah, please, please. So, uh, and we can go date for date because we, we were just talking before we flipped on the microphone about the original G.I. Joe's because you were talking about the anniversary coming up. What's the, what was yeah, the date? Uh, 1964 was okay. the original 12-inch G.I. Joe. So, yeah, the 50th anniversary just passed. Wow, incredible. Crazy. So, in the UK, it was a couple of years later. I think it was 1966. The first Action Man 12-inch doll came out. And it was it was popular. I think it won uh, Toy of the Decade, uh, like a, a few years later. It okay. was just it was well a decade later, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so popular. You could pose the uh, hands, the arms. They had a little switch in the back of their head that moved the eyes. Uh, they also had realistic hair. It was just this crazy popular toy. So that was the '60s. Let's skip a little bit forward to the '80s. And Star Wars, the action figures, had been going crazy ballistic in, uh, in the US. And there's a company in the UK called Palatoy, and they got the license for the Star Wars figures. And so they decided, because Star Wars was so popular, they would shrink Action Man down to a smaller size, the same size as the Star Wars figures. So they came out with this line of like historical Action Man figures, like a desert rat, a Nazi trooper, a stormtrooper, uh, all these... Uh, like from all the wars, from not like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> recreationists from the 17th century, but like modern warfare, and they sold like crazy, like hotcakes. Yeah, and they were less poseable, I think, right? They had like the stiff, uh, this, they had the same Star Wars stiffness. Right, right, right. I have, I've actually, I've got an SAS trooper. Yes. Uh, which I acquired on my one trip to London. There but we please go. Please, continue. You, yes. you, you did a very yeah. good shop, my friend. <laughs> so... Those figures sold well. So they said, hey, you know what? Why don't we why don't we sell these again? We'll do some repaints and we'll sell them as a force. So they <laughs> <laughs> they sold them as Action Force Action Man was the first round. So they they had an SAS team, which you just mentioned. They had a Z Force team, which were like the ground infantry. They had a Q Force team, which was the underwater team, and a Z Force team. Oh, a space team. Space Force team. Space Force team. <laughs> space Force team. <laughs> Catchy. So uh, they had these uh, these good guys, and they basically repainted all the old figures and gave them this update, and they created bad guys. 
Baron Ironblood, I believe, is the main bad guy. I might just have right. to check that. Yeah, but, no, I've heard that name before, and I still yeah. don't understand who he is. Or He's what the he leader is. of the Red Shadows, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they had some wicked vehicles, which were complete repaints, remodels of already existing G.I. Joe vehicles. Right, okay. So this is Action Force Action Man. This is the first round. So this Baron would have been Ironblood. early 80s, we're thinking? Yeah, 1983, I Okay, think. yeah. And they had their own comic. Uh, there was uh, the Red Skull was the this fighter pilot. Um, Red Jackal drove the um, the hyena, which you have here on your shelf. And uh, since we're in an audio medium, yeah. what vehicle would you say this is? Well, I would call that the Cobra Hiss, my friend. <laughs> yes, and and who would uh, and 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 Red Jackal is a repaint of Destro. Ah. So all these figures are, are constantly changed and used. They just grab a cobra guy and just put yeah. red and something else. Sometimes they would grab a cobra guy and make him a good SAS guy. Ah. So that was the the first iteration was like historical. Second iteration is forces against Baron Ironblood and the Red Shadows. That's they a pretty badass name. Oh, it's totally, it's totally great. And there's a great website, a uh, for British Action Force called uh, Blood for the Baron. Blood for the Baron. Blood yeah, the I Baron. think I've heard of that, but I've so yet to really dig into it. You got to dig. All you right. got to dig, my friend. So this is amazing getting schooled on Action Force. <laughs> this is this is a dream come true. I feel like I feel like we've led these parallel lives where these same toys that we both know and love are just different. Just completely different. For example, uh, the one of the drivers of the Red Shadows uh, eventually became a re a repaint of Cobra Commander, the um the blue the blue Cobra Commander with the silver mask, yep. the, the kind of first classic Cobra Commander. A yep. uh, couple of the Red Shadows became um, other um, good guys. Okay. I love that they would just get, I'm, I'm now imagining Palatory just seeing these figures. They're like, nah, that guy, we're going to make him good. We're yeah. gonna, nah, make him, just paint him red. And this guy's bad now. <laughs> Give him a lick of paint. That's exactly what they did. They didn't care about us. They wanted to make money. So they have different backing cards for these first round of uh, Action Force toys. Now, you come to about 1984 or 5, I think, and we're uh, suddenly um, moving slowly towards what we know to be G.I. Joe figures. We're moving to creeping ever so slightly. Baron Ironblood or, or Ironblood Baron just buggers off. He takes his like weird Kraken friend and just disappears. Kraken? Who's Kraken? There's this weird Kraken, Kraken figure. Like uh, a sea monster? Yeah, who's one of the bad guys. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. It was kind of like... This weird shadow force with a crack and bad guy. They go for some reason. This suddenly, is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they just they just bugger off. And we suddenly, never had a sea monster, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you had uh, GI Joe aliens. So, That's you know. right. We did. Yeah, we got the aliens. Oh yeah. yeah. That green guy right there. I. You know what? I heard you talking about the GI Joe aliens, and I was totally inspired. This is yeah. why I said, Sean, we got to talk about action force GI <laughs> Joe. So, uh, Baron Ironblood just disappears. Gone. Yeah. He's out the picture, and suddenly the new bad guys are Cobra. And in the comic books, they deal with this by doing some crossover. There's still some stories with Baron Ironblood, but the, the figures and toys just slowly morph into the joint, the jointed action figures we know and love. Right. Um, for some reason, they reanimate Hitler, and Hitler comes back as a bad guy in the Action Force comics. What? Yeah. Uh, it, it's a totally random thing. So suddenly, for, for a short period of time, the bad guys are. They never touched that in G.I. Joe. There was <laughs> Napoleon they dug up, <laughs> no. went into Serpentor. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Did. Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> and Hitler Alexander the Great. Get... No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no Hitler. <laughs> no, yeah, well, Hitler, European missions. It didn't cover it? <laughs> oh, brother. So uh, I got to track that one down. For a while there, you've got uh, Red Shadows, <laughs> the, the Nazis, and Cobra as the bad guys. Okay. 
So, so then, <laughs> that's a lot How of bad How does G.I. Joe have a chance here? <laughs> There's no chance. This is crazy. Yeah. So okay. then, we get to the point uh, of a switch. I think it was 1985, when suddenly we move into that first wave of characters. Uh, Doc, uh, Blowtorch, um, I'm trying to think of some others. Snowjob. Snowjob. Airborne, Ricondo. Air, you got it. You got yeah, it. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, so on the bad guy's Classics, side, man. Baroness. Uh, Major Blood, um, Storm Shadow. Now, was Major Blood related to Baron Ironblood? Did they ever try and? I don't think that? they ever made that. I don't think they cared enough. In someone's secret fan fiction story oh. somewhere, they're like distant cousins. Or his nephew. It's Baron yeah. Ironblood's <laughs> nephew. And Major Blood used to sit on his yeah. knee and uh, tell him. He's David Blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in, at this point, there's not even a sn- uh, Snake Eyes figure, only there is. Because they took the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes mold and made him the driver of an SAS vehicle in one of those previous iterations of Action Force. And they called him Stalker. Weird. Yeah, not the Stalker. Not the Stalker that we know. From the we know, but Stalker. So the first time I ever came across Snake Eyes, he was another Action Force figure called Stalker. Was he all black or was he? All black, completely yeah. black. Not, not even a, re- a repaint. Just they just so lazy. <laughs> they were just so lazy. They just literally said, this guy's now Stalker. And he was the driver of, I think it was this vehicle here, or it was like a Jeep. An S- I'm the Vamp, yeah. Yeah. Or um, whatever it was called, the Z-Vamp. Yeah. yeah, like Space this, team. this crazy Mobile. SAS Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Spa- right. Space team. So, And that figure was from Iceland, born in Reykjavik. So this is what they did. This is what I'm going to tell you about now, This is Sean, incredible. Is that... The G.I. Joes that you know and love aren't from way, aren't from America. <laughs> they are from uh, Europe. And this was the whole thing of Action Force. This is why they did this. This is why they sat down and took time and scratched their heads and came up with all these things because they thought kids in Europe and uh, uh, England and other parts of the world wouldn't buy into G.I. Joe because it was so American. So they changed it to Action Force, international heroes instead of G.I. Joe, a real, a real American, American hero. hero. Yeah. So, Stalker, a.k.a. Snake Eyes, is suddenly from Reykjavik, Iceland. I mean, guy doesn't say anything anyway, yeah. so you'd, you'd never know, right? Okay, so... I could see that, because he's got the... Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, sure, sure. There's a little, there's a little Viking in yeah. him, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so, suddenly, we're into, into reinvention land. Footloose is suddenly from Dundee. <laughs> like, uh, I'm trying to think of some others. Mutt and Junkyard. Mutt's like classic, like, American guy. No, he's from Madrid. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure somebody in some office in the UK somewhere just looked at his moustache and said, Spanish. That's so funny. And that's what they did with so many of these yeah. things. Yeah, and that's, and it wasn't just UK. It's, it, I guess it was international. It was European. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. These figures, they released them in Germany without any comic books or any backstory. They were just figures. Just, yeah, that's, it's so cool. And I'm going to just touch on that real quick because in Canada... We got G.I. Joe, like all the vehicles, but you'd get a Canadian flag. So I don't know if you've encountered that, but some of the early Joe vehicles, and actually there was, I think, the first two or three series of Joes that were were released in Canada were born. There were some, oh, he's from Quebec. He's from Alberta. He's from Nova Scotia. Ace. Yeah? From Montreal. There you go. In uh, in, in, in the UK in the UK, Action Force they, from Montreal. They kept some of those other countries. Interesting. I'm glad to see Canada got uh, some representation there. I'm going to give you the other Canadian G.I. <laughs> Joes. There's only like four. This is uh, awesome. Back- That's more than the actual. <laughs> there's Backstop is the only guy. Yeah, Montreal also. Yeah, backstop, yeah. Um, the most unfortunately named G.I. Joe figure. 
No, that's not true. Oh, yeah, Skidmark. Skidmark, also bad, but Beaver. Born in Ontario. Wait, who's Beaver? I do, I do not know this figure. I've never had a Beaver Action Force figure. What? I had this. Okay, you're breaking <laughs> new ground, man. Beaver, the Canadian Action yes. Force member? Yeah, Beaver. I need to find out who he is. We need to get our hands on Beaver. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. I had no idea. It says also just Ontario. It doesn't say like where. So he might be from Timmins. Where? I have no yeah. idea. Beaver. The other one is uh, Wetsuit. His first file card says Toronto. Um, it was later changed to Torquay, England. Which is like a coastal, like the coastal of English course, town. Of course, yeah. Well, this gives kids a chance to yeah. play and like imagine where. But yeah. it's so funny that they would toy with literally our toys. They would <laughs> in this fashion, it's where you're like, no, no, he's no job's not Canadian. He's from, you know, yeah. It was from Action Wales. Force. Yeah. Well, Jinx. Jinx. Oh, yes. Welsh. Yes, clearly. She was clearly Welsh, right? <laughs> she was a ninja from Wales. It makes no. Sense Alpine. Uh, what was her clan? The uh, Welsh Akage? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it was. It, they didn't care. They're just like, yeah, oh she's from God. Wales. She's from Wales. She's a ninja. She's from Wales. Um, for example, some of them make sense. Alpine, France. He's from France. Okay, yeah, that makes get sense. It, the Al- sure. I totally yep. get that. Um, um, Steeler was from Greece. Sure. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on. They made so many of them. A barbecue uh, from uh, Italy. Yeah, on the cartoon, he was an Irish guy with red yeah. hair. But there sure, we go. Whatever. So when you got into the American or the proper uh-huh. uh, history of GI Joe, say that. like, it's well, proper. when did? Okay, so I'm I'm trying to think. You're a kid. You're reading about Baron Ironblood and Hitler, and and then yeah. they're kind of brushed the aside, and he's, and Cobra takes over. Yeah. And then at what point did it click that you were like, wait a second, there actually is a whole other history going on across the pond? I don't think it clicked for a long time. <laughs> like, I'm only just, I've only really just started thinking <laughs> like about last this week. Now. Like last week. <laughs> you were talking about G.I. Joe aliens, and I'm like, ah, this just clicked. Yeah. Because... Because it was just this thing. It was just action force. And I never I never questioned it. And then I got to the age I am now. And I'm suddenly thinking back on all this time and money I spent and my parents spent all this money on these toys. And there was this whole other existence happening. It's like you had a whole other family. It's, yeah, it's like a... It's like, it's like, it's like a whole, I just found out I have like twin brothers in Kentucky. It's a secret family mission force. <laughs> That's another offshoot branch. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a comic yeah. book. That sounds like, yeah. It's like, wait, I think so. And where they meet each other. Wow. Wait, you're me, but you're and from I the Netherlands? You. Yeah. Oh, wait, here comes Baron Ironblood. <laughs> I'm oh, from <God>. Birmingham. <laughs> yeah. So, so there we go. They, so all they right. changed all these things. They, they, they made all this stuff up. And then it got to a point where continuity became very difficult. I can imagine. Because suddenly you've got uh, Action Man becomes Action Force. Action Force uh, eventually has to change because they're like, why are we juggling all these stupid like plates? Why don't we just make them the thing that we made them in the first place, if that makes any sense? <laughs> Which I'm sure it does to, to the weekend of Burgers yeah. <laughs> So 
what they did. Oh, is we've got a keen, this. we've got a keen eagle-eared audience. Oh, good, sure. good. Yeah. Yo, yo, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Or what's the action force? It's full force. Is that what? Full they, force. That's full totally. Force. It. That's totally. I completely forgotten. Full force. There's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. There's a couple guys that I've, I've met, and, uh, and they were they were telling me it's full force. Yeah. Oh, you just brought back so full many force. memories. Yeah, I think. And shout out. There's a podcast called Full really? Force. Yeah, you I need to look. Check it out. Yeah. I think I need to learn more about <laughs> what I've come to talk to you about. Yeah. <laughs> well. I, I can't believe that somebody would go in and dub that on the cartoons. I cannot believe that they would take that to an edit suite and uh, and change Yo Jo to full force. So did they have? Did they redub it with British accents and European yes. accents? I, I want to say yes. I tried to find Action Force online. The only thing I could find is the is the opening theme, and they changed it for all the movies and everything. It was Action Force the movie. Um, Arise, Serpento, Arise. That, yeah. I mean, that's kind of a... That was just a... It was say. a five-parter yeah. here, but they yeah. repackaged it and sold it as a movie. Okay. If oh, we're going to get nerdy, I actually uh, may have the VHS somewhere. Oh, my God. You know somewhere so much. Around I here. knew you would know so much. Well, so, you know. I, yeah, I've come to the right person, <laughs> obviously. So, so let's talk comics for a minute. Yeah. Let's move away from the toys. Because uh, by about the late 80s, I kind of stopped collecting Joes. They'd gone through uh, about three or four like new catalog series. There was there was the first series with Cobra Commander. They introduced Cobra. Then the next series, they brought out uh, like a Flint and a lot of the other characters that you'd recognize. They brought the first uh, Snake Eyes with, um, the, with, with the Wolf with Timber. The wolf timber. Yep. Thank you. Um, that was a really good year, 85, 86. Yeah. Yes. Good, good era. Yeah, and those ones came, and they changed the backing, so they looked like Action Force, but it was still a G.I. It actually looked like the G.I. Joe card now. Yeah, 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 okay. And... Um, and so, um, and so after they did that, then they and then it got silly. Like you know, they had like Sergeant Slaughter, and those guys are good. The, uh, like now, they did the they keep his name, or was he Sergeant, Sergeant Slammer? Sergeant I think. Slammer. <laughs> like, they, like the way that they 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 ruined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the UK. They called them Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles because ninjas were too aggressive. Because so, yeah, they didn't like the Welsh, Slammer. right? All those yeah. Welsh ninjas? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, Welsh thanks. Ninja Turtles are a real problem. <laughs> they are the worst. <laughs> Especially in the sewer. In the sewer, they're the worst. The sewers of yeah. Wales. So we got, so you got, then it just like, they just went crazy for the Joes. Yeah. Then it became, it became G.I. Joe, uh, the Action Force or something like that. And then it just became G.I. Joe. They just gave up after They just a while. totally gave up. Like, they who are we trying any, to fool here? And he cares about it. And they, they just went for it. Yeah. So I went from Action Force, G.I. Joe, the Action Force, G.I. Joe, we don't care. <laughs> okay, so, so those are the action figures. And I just stopped caring. As soon as they brought out like a million different Vipers, Toxo Viper or Toxie yeah. Viper or... You know, the Viper, Viper, Tele... No, Tele Viper was a good one. He was early in the Yeah, series, he was early. I think he may have been the first Viper figure. Yeah. So with the comics, yeah. though, did okay, you yeah, continue... Okay, let's go back to the comics. Yeah, because yeah. I heard... Did Grant Morrison write some Action Force? I, I heard he may I have done an know. issue. I don't know. I feel like he would have. I but he doesn't like he talk about it. Yeah, he just... Yeah. <laughs> it's a dark I, I, period in his <laughs> career. I write for Action Force. I don't talk about it. <laughs> So it began with a little, um, uh, a little comic book to tease out the Baron Ironblood stuff I was talking about earlier. This is little, like, real small, smaller than an A4 comic book that you would get. And uh, that was the first one. They had a Marvel comic. And so it was Action Force Weekly. But it didn't sell. And so it became Action Force and Transformers. And it was a Marvel comic. And then that didn't really sell either. There were loads of them. And they had totally independent storylines. And those became the G.I. Joe covert European missions. Yeah. So, 
after the weekly didn't sell, they did an Action Force monthly. And that was super radical. It was a great <laughs> comic. It was thick. It was some of the, um, the, the Larry Hammer. Um, the good stuff. The, the Marvel, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and the storylines were really, really incredible. Uh, and I do think they changed it to fit the Action Force universe. Interesting. It focused uh, principally on the relationship between Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes, which is what I had always, always loved about Action Force. Uh, and so the, uh, and then they canceled the Action Force Monthly after 15 issues, so 15 months. So, um, and I had all of those comics. You must have been so elated when you found out <laughs> that there was a, that entire series existed like in the, in the American publication, so you could have tracked yeah, them down. I, yeah, I found that out last week. Because, <laughs> because I, in about, uh, I want to say 2004. Man, so I've, I've got the trade paperbacks. You can oh, them, man. Yeah, get the whole, get all caught up. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. You, you can't see my face. It's yeah. a face of a man who's excited. Well, the <laughs> I can only imagine, because as a kid, even just like if I missed an issue, because you know, you're yeah. getting your comics at the corner store or yeah. wherever, and if I missed one, I was like, what is going on? And then some other kid would tell you something that yeah. happened. No, they shot Cobra Commander. What? What are you talking about? I was a subscriber. So that's that's how I did it. And Amazing. Action Force Monthly came in the post. Yeah. And in 2004, I went home to my parents' house, and I was um, I was wanting to move to Canada. I needed some capital, I needed some green oh, cheddar. I know where this and, is going. Uh, yeah. And so I went into my parents' attic, and I found this big flat pile of cardboard, and realized that. Uh, it, amazingly, as a child, I had saved all the boxes from all my Action Force toys, and I've saved the card backings, and found a huge box full of Action Force figures. And yes, we sold them on eBay. And yes, we made a couple of thousand dollars. Oh my god! And do I regret it? No. <laughs> do I miss them? Yes. Yeah. Would I still be where I am today if I hadn't done that? Probably not. Like I probably needed that money. It came full circle. Yeah. It came full force. It came full force. <laughs> I regret one thing, and that is selling the comics because I loved those comics. The storylines were so great. Crimson Guard. Just it was a, it was a heyday for yeah. for that, those comics, and um, and they really. I think I always knew it was an American series. Yeah. Deep, deep down, it was inescapably an American comic full of American heroes that had somehow turned into this this international heroes. Yeah. So you, you might, have you ever heard the theme tune for GI Joe Action Force? Maybe once, a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. International heroes, <laughs> Action Force is there. Action Force will care. Action Force. They will care. Yeah, and uh, and it's like they were running out. They'll care, you know. <laughs> they won't save you in the middle of the gunfight. They've got clothes you can wear. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, like a very British person comes. Action Force is a covert operation yeah. force. Like, oh yeah, I still remember GI Joe's a highly trained special mission yes, force. Yes, yes. Yeah. Its purpose to defend human freedom against Cobra, a ruthless terrorist <laughs> organization determined to rule the world. That's exactly they just. Oh my God! You get, it's brainwashed into us. <sighs> so, so good, so good. Wouldn't have it any other way. Action Force, like uh, so. Those are the the things I remember. And then I remember seeing the GI Joe thing. And as an adult male, as we talked about, I've been like, that's not right. That doesn't make sense. But but really, who's the fake? Who's the fake here? Out yeah. the two of us. The Action Force guy, he's like collecting figures who are repaints of old G.I. Joe figures with new names and new identities. Or the guy who's been collecting G.I. Joes for years, you know. Who's the fake here? No, there's no fake. It's, it's two universes. It's, it's worlds without end, my friend. Oh, my It's God. parallel worlds. This is what this is so this is so awesome. Now, I got to ask. Yes. Because 
So G.I. Joe was Action Force. Yeah. Was Transformers like Changey Bots or something? Oh, wow. Um, no, it wasn't, but, but I would have bought Changey Bots in a second. <laughs> there was GoBots. Do you remember GoBots? Oh, yeah, GoBots. I mean, that yeah, was different, but yeah. like... But Transformers were more popular, I think, in yeah, the UK, right? And they in were, general, and yeah. I, I have no idea how how G.I. Joe and Transformers existed within the same comic and the same universe. There was no real connection there between the two. Robots yeah. just smacking the crap out of each other and G.I. Joe firing pew pew laser guns. You know, when you're seven years old, it makes sense that yeah. they could exist together. I knew the Transformers UK comic was popular because the Marvel comic, they did an exchange with the UK writer. Oh. And I was reading Transformers and G.I. Joe were the, the two comics I was reading. And one month, the American comic said, all right, to be continued next month. And there was something going on <laughs> in a junkyard with the Protectabots <laughs> or something. And then the next month, it wasn't that continued storyline. And it said, we interrupt this, uh, the regular planned story, to bring you a story from Marvel UK's Transformers. And I was like, what is, what this? is this? And it was uh, Simon Furman was the writer. Okay. And he had been writing all these Transformer comics in the UK. And I guess... He was doing really, really well. To Transformers, he was sort of the Larry Hama to G.I. Joe. So he took Transformers to another level. So I always really enjoyed the stuff that he did with Transformers comics. So that gave me an awareness of the UK TF stuff. But then, TF, I'm a breathing now. (laughs) 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 And uh, Uh, Yeah, and then the G.I. Joe, the Action Force thing. You mean the AF? The AF. But I never, the name is kind of weird because it's like, where do you work? I work for Action Force. Oh, I'm just at Stay at Home Force right now, but I'm hoping to get uh, promoted one day to get some action. But. It's weird. And, and all they had to do was change the stickers on the yeah. vehicles. That, that's all they had to do do reprints of stickers. So every vehicle I have, you see, you have the Tomahawk up here. Yeah. Oh, I had that. That's the best you had your vehicle. It was vehicle. an Action Force Tomahawk. Uh, who was the pilot? Uh, uh, Lift Ticket. Lift Ticket. Same yeah. guy. I mean, he's probably from Lithuania or somewhere <laughs> in like the Action Force continuity. I don't know. But um, that's incredible. So they were the comics, and I really yeah. regret selling them. Um, but so I'm so, sure you could track them down because there were, yeah, you know, I, I would love to actually read this Nazi Hitler. I did not get very much for them. Like, yeah. that's my regret, is that it just wasn't worth me selling them. Yeah. But I sold them anyway because they sold everything. Now, were they sort of oversized? They yes, it was comic an oversized book? comic, but yeah. the uh, Action Force Monthly was um, a regular-sized comic, like mm-hmm. a, a North American-sized comic. And that was really neat for a British kid with these... He had these friggin' like, spreadsheet comics. They were huge. Yeah, yeah. Like, a, like The Guardian or something. It was these huge comics. The paper's a little flimsier, though. It was very flimsy. Yeah. So, okay, so Sean... No so offense to my... UK friends who read their flimsy comics, but flimsy, we flimsy just got guys. better paper here. It's printed in Canada. What can yeah, I say? What, it's Canadian paper. Quebec, I think. Yeah, half them come from where? Uh, where um, Ace and Beaver are from? Uh, apparently, I need yeah. to know who Beaver was. Well, I'm Beaver, trying to oh, guess who Beaver's from Ontario. I'm sorry, but I want to know who his uh, North American equivalent was, and that's what I always thought too. Just back to the Canadian thing. Growing up, it was a real American hero, mm-hmm. but I just saw, thought. Oh, it's like North American hero. We're North America. So it was all kind of, you know, the same. They could have changed it. I mean, like, why do they care so much to change it for Europe? But they could have changed it to a North American hero. Yeah, well, you know, we share a border, and they just gave us some Canadian flag stickers to put on our his tanks. Oh, my uh, God. (laughs) They just didn't care. I mean, this is the whole thing. I was was telling somebody about this the other day, and I said, you know, uh, I was really irate. And getting real, like, het up. And, uh, and I was like, they, like, Snow Job, they changed him. Like, they changed him. Uh, his, his whole thing is that he was like, a, he wanted to become an Olympic skier. 
and and he um, he just still stayed with Action Force. Um, and then Hitler killed his. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Hitler get reanimated and came in. But Snowjob is from Perth in Scotland. Like he's not. He's he's an American character yeah. in the GI Joe continuum. And then someone said to me, "There's a character in GI Joe called Snowjob." <laughs> I said, "Yeah." He's like, "What lazy writing!" He's like, "Can you imagine them sat around the table trying to discuss like uh, the um, the characters? What's this guy do? Oh, he goes out in the snow. Yeah. What should we call him?" Snow job. Snow job. Let's yeah. This guy goes out in the water. Yeah, that's that's aqua job. You know? <laughs> and then someone said to me, How come there's no G.I. Joe character called Desk Job? Because Desk Job literally would prepare children perhaps for a future or shit job. Because <laughs> <laughs> everybody's had one of those. Yeah, you could well it's funny, you could just go on with the code names and stuff. I like but as, but as a kid, I mean I will argue again from the seven year old perspective. Snow job's a cool name when you're a kid. You're when like, you're a yeah, kid, it's makes radical. Makes sense. It's totally radical. Snow job. It's better. The yeah. other ice guys are like Blizzard yeah. or uh, Iceberg. Frostbite. Iceberg. Yeah. Fro- yeah. yeah. There is um, Sub-Zero. Every couple years, they came out with a new snow guy. I'm just seeing if, there are, if any of these guys were like, they made them from Norway or Sweden. I didn't know it ran that deep. I figured, I thought it was just the UK, but I didn't know that. Because I know there's um, Fun School released G.I. Joe's in <laughs> okay. India. Okay. And no, really? they are totally weird, and they're in completely different colors, right? Like, uh-huh. they change the color patterns. Guys p- have yellow pants and purple jackets, and it's just... You can do that. They're just yeah. toys and molds that yeah. you get painted. Which Win- is great. And now, yeah. wait, if I see one of them, I saw one at Fan Expo, and I picked up, I got Countdown, and he's all blue instead of white, and I was like, this guy's awesome. so cool. But he had a giant neon green space bazooka. Which <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> no sense. It makes no sense. He's he's awesome. We talked about Lift Ticket earlier. Yep. I'm just seeing here, he, apparently he's from Dorset. He was born in Wimborne on the eastern side of the county. Windborne. I have n- I don't know where that is. But that's the name. Do you think he was yeah. born in Windborne and he <laughs> pilots a helicopter? Do you yeah. think they were just like, all right, like, we need uh, a wind-based yeah. name? Uh, Wimborne. Windborne. Like, lazy. I want that job. I'm I want so to curious. travel back to the 80s and have the job of naming these people. That would be the best job ever. Yeah. So, okay. So, Sean, I came here. All right. SJ, I came here today. Yes. Bergie Lurgy. I'm here oh with, with something that I found in my in my little uh, box the other day. I, I, re- I liberated some stuff from my parents' house. All right. Pete is presenting a brown envelope. Okay. Would you say it? this is a manila envelope? I would say manila-ish beige. Yeah, okay. Manila's a bit more yellow so, here, but we're not here to argue envelope politics. Well, I mean, we can if you want to <laughs> radically change the nature of this podcast. <laughs> we can do that. So I'm seeing on here... It says Great uh, Great Britain, postage paid. It looks like 12 and a half pence. <laughs> I don't even know. Wow, what does that work out to? Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a date on here. The postage date stamp is the 23rd of the 8th, uh, 1984. And my, my uh, name is on the front here. Uh, Surrey, where I grew up. All right, Peter Mori, that is you. Mm-hmm. All right, Surrey. Now, I'm pretty sure that inside this envelope, from my childhood, is my Action Force membership badge. Wow. Uh, there were, uh, I looked this up, there were 20,000 children in the UK who were at its peak were part of the Action Force fan club. And you're one of them. I was one of them. Did you I am co- one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a code name? We're going to find out. Oh, wow. Now, I haven't opened this. I thought it would be more fun to uh, see the contents. We are looking uh, at this envelope, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so I'm going to open it right now. 
Oh, wow. Oh, man. Okay, so is that everything? What? That's everything. Okay. This is in incredible. Sh- this is crazy. It's this is all that's left because uh, we talked about if you missed the first part of the podcast, which people don't miss the first part of the podcast. They don't do that. <laughs> They're on board. <laughs> you know, I'm a traitor and I sold all my G.I. Joes uh, to move This to is Canada. it. We are looking at actual documents frozen in time. Yeah. So from Action Force. This is okay. You can dig in here. Feel free. What this have we isn't got? precious. What is this? Um, I'm I'm holding in my hand uh, what can only be described as an Action Force personnel printout, which is just ridiculous. So this is how it works. I remember instantly how this works. This artwork's amazing. You I'm gonna you hold on to that yeah. there, Bergie, and I'm gonna just gonna slide this up here. What you do is you align the dot with the corresponding number, and it tells you what the uh, what the person does, their intelligence, uh, who they belong to. And the vehicle qualification. So this is uh, Lady J, who I think in, in the Action Force continuum is from Ireland. Oh, okay. Uh, she was actually Scottish. In, well, her ancestors were Scottish. So why did they cartoon. change it? It's so, yeah. It confuses me so much. Um, so this kind of, like, I guess this just... You Can just I just say, this, this yeah. is in pristine co- oh, condition. Well. I have never seen this. I mean, I've seen a lot of the G.I. Joe mail-away mm-hmm. things, but there was no equivalent that I have ever seen. Uh, for Joe, this is. So awesome. I'm wondering, I'm wondering where this came it's from because like this is like this logo thing. here. You see this logo, Action yeah. Force. I'm going to describe it. It's like the GI Joe logo, but with the th- and with the three stripes, mm-hmm. the the red, white, blue, which I guess could be like um, British Union Jack kind of styles, um, with a star in the middle. So then, let's okay, let's look at this other thing here. This is the the Action Force logo, which more closely resembles the Action Man logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this says it's a personal logbook. I want to see if there's anything written inside personal this. Logbook. There appears to be no, no. <laughs> nothing <laughs> written inside of this. You could get a mint for this, I'm sure. This is um, I'm honored to be experiencing this. Okay, so I, I've got the Action Force Code Breaker. Oh. And this is like a deciphering little bookmark with... Whoa, this is a very elaborate code-breaking bookmark <laughs> with... Uh, this madness. Numbers and this is amazing. So you could make your own. Yeah, you could make your own code with your friends. This is so incredible. I would have been. I would have been. Uh, let's see. Nineteen eighty-four. I would have been six when I got this. What okay, have we so got here? This is what a, is this here? You describe this, Bergie. This is a dangling. <laughs> it's not quite a dog tag. It's on red yarn. <laughs> <laughs> no expense spared. But uh, and it looks like a plastic chip, and it says Action Force. Three oh nine seven three. Oh, that's that bringing that's number? bringing that's bringing back some that's bringing back memories. Are you Agent three oh nine seven three? I think I'm having a flashback right now. Are you I'm a Welsh ninja? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this is what I think it is. I'm really hoping. I really haven't looked at this. It looks like a piece of paper. It looks like a piece of paper. On official Action Force. Yeah. Uh, the watermark is there. Okay, whoa. A- Action Force 28 Newman Street, London, W1P3HA. I don't know why you re- I read you the address of Action Force <laughs> headquarters. It's supposed to be a secret. Great. Now the Nazis ah, know where Action Force no. is. Reanimated Hitler is coming back. Yes, this is what I wanted. Uh, it says here, SAS Commando, code name, Quick Fire. Quick Fire. Did you make up your own code name? No, uh, 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 I really hope not, because because that <laughs> makes me really lame if I did. I had a code name. We had the Steel Brigade 
No. Yeah, and I was high regarder. I don't know why. High regarder? Like high regarder. Held things in high esteem? <laughs> I hold things in the highest of regard. <laughs> no. <laughs> I've, I've got that somewhere. I'll have to dig that up for a wow. later podcast. Okay, so but the yeah. number does match 30973. Yeah. Uh, I am a primary military specialist, uh, commando assault. Uh, uh, secondary. Oh, I have a secondary speciality. <laughs> of course, you need a couple specialties. It's not as so good. Uh, my it's my hand to hand combat, and my birthplace was Munich, Germany. Oh well, clearly, yes, I could tell from the accent. Yes, You're hiding it well. <laughs> yes, can I can I read you please the description please, of my of my personality? I insist. The best in his. F- I'm going <laughs> to read it. <laughs> I'm going to read this. Quick in fire this from style. Munich, Germany. Quick fire from Munich, Germany. The best in his field, ex-leader of German commando group, trained to the peak of physical fitness, fitness, can attempt tasks well beyond normal capability. That's how you made action for us. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, he's doing that beyond normal capability. He should probably be an action He can us. attempt tasks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's his specialty. Yep. He's attempted many tasks. Can attempt tasks well beyond normal capability. <laughs> He's really <laughs> wait. Okay, just pause. Uh, okay, pause. He's, <laughs> he's a task attempter. Yes. This is. <laughs> it seems to be well. If you can hold things in high regard, it, uh, yeah. it seems I can attempt tasks. <laughs> I just love that that he can really he can really attempt. He's gonna have a go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, instructor, advanced hand to hand combat course at military training school Bremen, which I can only assume is in Germany. Sure. Quickfire is a highly motivated individual with superior intelligence. And now it says at the bottom here, enter these details into your personal logbook, which I clearly did not do. Clearly, Quickfire is not didn't attempt that task. It's not very diligent at all. Write clearly. It actually says here, write clearly. That is a key. Do you think they needed to include educational hints? Say, if you want to actually join Action Force, you need to write clearly and attempt tasks. I think when you're inciting children to uh, to become part of a military operation, you have to uh, give them some educational qualities <laughs> to aspire to. This is signed by somebody. So I've, I'm like probably just some stoned middle-aged guy like in, in, at, in, in tw- uh, 28 Newman Street. Um, it, this actually says here. Looks like uh, real ink. FBR Monroe Dayton Major. Is that somebody from the G.I. Joe continuity? No, because Hawk was General Abernathy, and he would oh. have been the, the man to sign that. You're quite right. It would have been Hawk. <laughs> right? I, I, lo- I love that you know. I would not have, yeah. <laughs> you, you know his own. I wouldn't have accepted official documentation from anyone other than Hawk, yeah. Well, except for uh, FBR Monroe Dayton. FBR Monroe Dayton. He's from the Chaplain's Assistant's Motor Pool. <laughs> Garbage. What absolute garbage. Okay, let's see what else is in here. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. So this is an action man panel. Action man needs you. And there's a like a a blank space on the front for you to put yourself. So this is the force. What? Uh, Okay, we this booklet is incredible. mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm this has got all the forces you were talking about. Q force, space force. Mm Mm-hmm. Z and force. Can you, is there someone in here? SAS Look, force. That is that the is, vamp. That's Snake Eyes in there. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's Stalker. He's got a gray faceplate, but that's it. And we're looking at a. For those who know the vamp, the GI Joe. Vamp. It's the vamp. That's what yeah, I was. Yeah, which was of, green yeah. and tan. This one's black with mm-hmm. yellow trim. It looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got to hunt one of these down. Nice. This uh, is crazy. This is Q force. They were like uh, the water uh, force, and I had this in the bath, and I ruined this one. Oh, Q force. Um. This is this guy here is Cobra Commander. That's the Red Hunter or whatever his name is. 
Red Laser or Red? Yeah, what did you Red say? something or yeah. other. Uh, he that's the Cobra Commander repaint. You know they've been incorporating some of these mm-hmm. Red Shadows into the Larry Hama run of the comics oh, right now. Nice. So, but it's still I don't I don't really know their history or what their deal is. You see this lady on this bicycle here? I'm pointing to. It's not a bicycle. Oh, I think I know who she is. It's a motorbike. Is she Quarrel? She is Quarrel. Yeah, I'm, I'm I knew she... that. Blonde Scarlet. Yeah. I knew Blonde Scarlet. Boom. Scar- Blonde Scarlet. <laughs> Boom. That's a cool figure, though. Yeah, cool. Quarrel is a very cool, cool figure. I think at this point in the podcast, I'm sure everyone is still tuned in because it's oh, just riveting course, information. But I'm sure the G.I. Joe fans are going to be getting a lot out of this. Yeah, I see. Looks like Blonde Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Red Cobra Commander. <laughs> uh, you got I, Black Snake Eyes, <laughs> which is pretty much the exact same. That's what I called um, them. And then you've got the yellow, these yellow-suited gentlemen. They look like the Star Wars articulated figures. Yeah. So there's there's only a handful of Joes who've been. And yeah, the SAS, I've got one of these guys, but I. It's, That's the guy you got when you yeah, went to. Yeah, when I went to, I got it at uh, Orbital Comics in London. Great oh, comic cool. shop. Oh, yeah, cool. Very yeah, yeah. cool. Um, oh, there's a guy with a red beret here. There's some cool, very cool yeah, figures. Yeah, this is some like competition I never entered. What? Um, I'm uh, totally geeking out. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to describe this for our listeners. These are the these are the symbols. The SAS is kind of a dagger. The Q is kind of like a stupid Q. Those are cool logos. The, yeah. s- the red shadows have this kind of skull and crossbones, like a pirate. Yeah, they're like bad pirates. Baron Ironblood. Yeah, Baron Baron Ironblood. Um, <laughs> what else have we got? Did he here? appear in the cartoon? They didn't. No, like they like didn't he, redraw he, one of the yeah. other characters and make. <laughs> no, <laughs> he didn't. He had this weird. It was like a piece of plastic that you wrapped around his face, like an iron mask. I don't know if you can see it anywhere. Oh. There, look there, look at this guy here. I'm um, pointing to. Like, he's like a white-haired gentleman mm-hmm. with a white suit. He's like some awful, terrible science fiction outfit. He looks like a Fisher Price space. Figure. Yeah. He has like a black oven mitt on his head. Terrible, (laughs) terrible thing. The tab on it always broke at the back. You had to tape it. Yeah, awful. I'm actually quite intrigued by this Action Force Stop the Enemy competition here. So this is the thing you never entered. (laughs) So how to enter, study the five questions and using your skill to stop the enemy, tick the answer you think is correct. Okay, I just want to know what, do you think you could get a correct answer here if I ask you something? Sure. Okay, so which Action Force team is best equipped to seek out Baron Ironblood's new base in the Sahara Desert? Z-Force, Q-Force, SAS Force, or Space Force? I think it's Z-Force because they were the infantry guys. Ah, okay. I, is, is there not a desert force? No. Space force is no. not the desert force, right? It's, it sounds to me like they've really met. There's a, there's, they were angling for a whole new like desert force. Okay, so people at home, please keep track of this and uh, Google the answers and let us email us at weekendatburgies at gmail.com and let us know if Pete Maury, action force expert. Uh-huh. Uh, was correct. I'm going to ask you G- one more give me question. One more. Okay, I, I, yeah. I feel like I maybe didn't get that one wrong. All right. Okay. Uh, Action Force must slip secretly <laughs> behind enemy lines in the Far East and report on the position of Black Major. Who gets the job? Again, Space Force, 
SAS, SAS Force. It's got to be SAS. Z-Force or Q-Force. That I, makes sense. You think they can slip secretly? I th- yes, I think that's that's all they do. Sleep. Like, like <laughs> sleep. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, slipping secretly. Slip secretly and attempt tasks. All right. <laughs> Black Major. I, I forgot that that's one of the characters. Okay, so there's Major Ironblood. Uh, uh, Baron Ironblood. Baron Ironblood. And Black, Black Major. Major but then and I'm Red wondering... Laser. Yeah, and then and then maybe like a Black Major morphed into major blood i don't know like interesting who yeah is he which guy that's this guy yeah with he's that. the guy in black okay i've seen him in the comics now yeah. this is all it's all co- it's coming back to you yeah it's all this is okay so let's see what, what else. is action force indeed i'm definitely gonna take some pictures okay of this stuff, I, I, I really think so... I, I can't win this competition oh, from uh, from so many years ago okay so personnel file official. yeah Official collector card album. So this is an action force. Pete has card. brought so much gold to the to this weekend. You have just <laughs> brightened my weekend with British gold. I didn't British British gold from the British Isles. Action force. Uh, I had no idea that this stuff was in here. So I'm really pleased that it was not just like a load of old crap in this envelope. So I'm just gonna see if there's anything. Does does any of this on the back of Snake Eyes Commando profile sound like incorrect? Uh, subjects serve in, served in long-range recon patrols in Southeast Asia, left the service to study mystical martial arts with the same ninja family that produced Storm Shadow. Sounds good so far, right? Yep, that's all. Uh, Snake Eyes was living uh, an aesthetic existence alone in the Himalayas with a pet wolf named Timber when he was recruited for the, the Himalayas. Action Force team. See, it was the High Sierras, which are in oh. America. Interesting. What was he doing living in the... In the Himalayas. Qualified expert, all NATO and Warsaw Pact small arms. Black belt in 12 different fighting systems and highly highly skilled in the use of edged weapons. Aged weapons? Aged weapons. Oh, edged weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Aged weapons. I'm like, is that like aged cheddar? (laughs) This sword is so much better because it has been sitting for 10 years. (laughs) I've left it in the wine cellar for a while. Last thing I think that's in here. Oh, there's maybe, there maybe looks like there's a, a, a... Poster falling to pieces. Okay. Like you step through like a, <laughs> what is it, sliders? <laughs> yes, it's a British version of sliders. So I step through, I step <laughs> yeah. into a phone box or something. And then, uh, okay, okay. this is, so this looks like an Action Force uh, sticker album with a lot of the stickers missing. Uh, please, please. Yeah, there's some wonderful guest. artwork. I there's, see there's there's good old Hawk, Hawk and General Abernathy. General, General Abernathy, yeah. Right. And then you got Flint here. Some nice artwork. I actually have never seen some of this artwork. Um, Carson, who does a great uh, website, 3D Joe's, for any G.I. Joe fans Ooh. listening who do not know that website, check out 3djoes.com. He collects all of the original artwork, and he's been doing a whole project that has no. been... Yeah, and uh, I've got some of the books here. I'll show them to you. There he's goes based, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been collecting all of the art, but I wonder if he's ever seen this stuff. So, That's Carson, so if you're cool. listening, I am going to mm-hmm. uh, send you some pictures of this stuff. Because I've never seen this. There's sci-fi in the bat. Dr. Mindbender, still up to his old tricks. Airtight, beachhead, lifeline. Beachhead gives tips on survival. Well, that's good. That's good. Where's Quickfire? I wanted to see him attempting... Now, would you buy these stickers in like a pack at the drugstore or something? Is that yeah, you'd you'd buy like, and they they probably would have gum in them as well. Like, nice. Yeah, I had a um, GI Joe sticker album, but it's not like this. Yeah, I wanted to see if they if these stickers had any of these these kind of erroneous places that these people were from. Oh, Beachhead. Oh, this is good. This is good. Beachhead, infantry and small arms. He thinks anger is a waste of time and energy, and that rage clouds the vision and pollutes logic. That fury impairs judgment and makes you careless. 
he doesn't get angry. He gets even. Somebody that's, was that's having pretty good. so much fun writing this Man, stuff. that's good. I know Larry Hama wrote a lot of the early ones. And with these, yeah, I'm not sure how much of that is from the original file cards. or So what. good. Wow. Yeah, they really had it figured in the 80s, right? They knew how to capitalize on the adventure fantasy angle that all the, all the kids would have just been eating up. It's hard. I'm like trying to focus on doing the podcast while also like geeking out on this book right now. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, what are we talking about? I Sergeant, just want to look at all these Sergeant pictures. Sergeant Slammer. Sergeant Slammer. Now that's interesting. Did he, because he owned the rights to the name Sergeant Slaughter. I think but so. But why would they change it? Maybe they didn't have a license in the UK. Is slaughter like a bad word in the UK? Yeah, it makes me think of like a factory where like cows go to yeah. die. <laughs> <laughs> so burgers can be made. Yeah, that's so funny. Well, you know, there's a few words that here and there, like here, like shag, we kind of laugh at. But yeah. But I know shag in the UK is still a little bit... Uh, it's kind of like a little saucy. It's a little saucy. Oh, look at this. We were right. Look, Sky Striker pilot Ace, place of birth, Montreal, Canada. Represent. Well, I'm glad to see that the Canadians, when they were rewriting everybody's history, they didn't forget us Canucks. I think it's important that Ace, Ace, we that we Ace is the one guy. Forget Beaver from Ontario. <laughs> forget Backstop. Oh yeah, did we find Beaver in here? No, there's no Beaver in here. What? Who is he? I'm. This is this is insane trivia. Pete, wow. wow. Thank you for okay. bringing this stuff. This and is the amazing. last thing I think I want to show you. Yes, is, please. Uh, what? <laughs> We're looking at an Action Force poster here. Yes. With Flint. Action Force needs you. We need you. <laughs> it is... Uh, Have you ever attempted anything? You're in. Yeah. <laughs> you're in. Quick fire, you're in. Are you from Germany? Born in Germany? Attempting stuff, you're in. Are you good at finding out where people were born? Because we certainly need to fill that position. Yeah. Unknown. Unknown, unknown. I'm so tired of unknown. Full force. Full force. I love that they put so much effort into making this stuff. I mean, to yeah. me, that's I mean, that's where like my love, like all definitely all jokes aside, where yeah. you know, all these years later, we still love this stuff. And I, I appreciate that the people working on this, I like to think that some of them really did care and had some fun with it. And we're like, you know, so. yeah, like a kid would love this. Like the, the toys had a special place in our hearts and minds, if you will, to use the military terminology. Now, how did all of this Action Force upbringing, mm -hmm. how has it imprinted you to this day? Are there still things to this day where you think, I learned that from Action Force? I think I learned a lot about uh, ninjas. Yeah. I learned about DNA. Well, clearly you didn't learn a lot, because I've never heard of a Welsh ninja. So <laughs> you, oh, you learn more than me. <laughs> well, the Welsh ninja thing is madness. Yeah. Like, Jinx was not from Cardiff. I'm going to get an email. I'm a Welsh ninja, you insensitive. <laughs> if you are a Welsh ninja listening to this, then I Please. can only applaud you. You get on this podcast yeah. for free. Come over here, yeah. You need to be here with yeah. us right now. I think... Um, but DNA, that's a good point. Yeah, deoxyribonucleic acid. Yeah. And I know that from Arise, Serpento Arise, because they, they were building him with the DNA of the, the great leaders of the world. Well before the O.J. Simpson trial. Exactly. I remember first hearing about like DNA from Serpentor. Yeah, and then that O.J., of course, the O.J. thing, DNA, and everyone's like, what's DNA? What's DNA? I'm like, didn't you watch Arise, Serpentor, Arise? Mm, didn't you watch it? <laughs> they used Napoleon. <laughs> now, did the Action Force one use Hitler? Because that would have um, been weird. No, no. By that point, they had stopped giving yeah. any like care to the separation. Yeah. They're like, how come this is too confusing? How can we amalgamate these things into one thing? How can it stop being G.I. Joe, the Action Force? How can it just be G.I. Joe? I'm so confused. I think they may have, must have had a CEO who just said, stop it. Make it stop. <laughs> what is this action force? I hate it. 
I was just about to explain to our listeners that Serpentor is made from the DNA of history's greatest and most nefarious yeah. and evil rulers. Yeah. But then I thought, no, if people are still listening this far in, they know who Serpentor is. <laughs> if you <laughs> and if you don't, far, God bless you. You may have a globulous figure. <laughs> so, uh, let's face it. This is amazing. Oh, yeah. no, this is great. So, was there anything else that compared to Action Force, like at the time? I guess you would have st- Star Wars uh, and Transformers. Mask. Ma- yeah. We called it Mask. <laughs> <laughs> I say Mask. You say I'm sorry. Mask. You're, you're, you know, your accent is way better than mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, ma- Mask. 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 Mask with a th- uh, mask. Ma- if I say mask, it just sounds odd. It does sound me. so weird. It sounds like I'm mocking. I'm mocking you mask. You have a mocking tone. <laughs> I don't mean to be. Mask. But it's nice. It's just a bad, I have a bad <laughs> accent when I'm, I don't say mask. <laughs> I <know>. Mask. <laughs> <laughs> tacos or tacos? It's a good question. Mm-hmm. So mask, you say mask, I say mask. Yeah. I'm trying to think. No, it was really, it was really G.I. Joe. And it yeah. was G.I. Joe Action Force Hard. Yeah. And when it stopped being that, I was too old, yeah. and I stopped caring. Yeah. I benefited from people who had stopped caring about G.I. Joe, because when I was in high school, I just wound up buying all the old figures from all the kids at my high school who didn't want G.I. Joes anymore. No. And they're like, you like G.I. Joes? I got a whole garbage bag in my garage. I'm like, I'll give you 20 bucks for that garbage no bag. Way. And that's how I built up my whole collection throughout high school, just oh. off all the kids who were like too cool to have them. And I was like, oh my God, I never had Leatherneck or I never had yeah. whatever, Heat Viper. And then just instantly acquiring all these, like, 20 bucks? Yeah, sure. And then, of course, working at comic shops, I got, uh, you know, people would bring in collections, and I'd be like, oh, I need a Mobat. I never had that. So I really built my G.I. Joe collection basically throughout my life, right? So I had, but I've still got my original Recondo and Airborne and those guys. Original Recondo. Original Recondo. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good indie band. (laughs) It does. Do you want to go see original Recondo tonight? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. I want to ask you. Bergie, who, who's your favorite Joe? Who's your favorite Joe? It's such a tough question. I know. That's why I asked it to you, because think, you're a professional. Well, it's the easy choice, but Snake Eyes was always the coolest. As a kid, I can't lie that I thought he was the coolest. His, his storylines were so... I just loved everything about him in the comics with Larry Hama. In the cartoon, he didn't really do much, I guess. In the, in the comics, it was definitely Snake Eyes. Um... In the cartoons, it's tough because guys like, you know, Bazooka's pretty hilarious in the cartoon. Yeah. I definitely, I like Flint a lot, too. Flint, I always thought, had a great sense of humor in the cartoon. And he was a little tough and, yeah, it's tough, man. Who's yours? I, well, I'm pretty sure that they dubbed the voice of Flint to make him British in, oh, the, really? in the Action Force <laughs> cartoon. So maybe he wouldn't have been as funny. <laughs> um, For me, in the comics... Storm, Sh- Storm Shadow, so we're a good pair. Yeah, well, he's Cobra. I mean, yeah. If we're going Cobra, I'd say, yeah, that's... Oh, that, you're right. Okay, so, so I, yeah. I, I asked a very specific question. Sorry, yeah. um, I really, I did used to love um, uh, Cutter, the the pilot of the whale. Yeah. Not my favorite show. And I, I'm starting to realize maybe I had a nautical thing going because I loved Shipwreck as well. Yeah. In the well, cartoon, Shipwreck's hilarious in the cartoon. Like, his, yeah. his parrot is so funny. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he also had a cool pistol that you could slip over his wrist that like uh, was kind of like uh, rubbery, and I liked that. It was pretty cool. Um, Duke, I will say this, Duke is the only, or Duke, I guess I would say, uh, is the only Joe I still have. He's the only one, and he, he lives in my daughter's bedroom, and she knows that he's there, 
And uh, recently, both his heels bust off. Oh, like no. the pl the plastic got brittle. Like and his like the back of where you stand him snapped off. Uh, his O ring in the middle went. I I changed that so many times. Does he have his thumbs? He has both of his thumbs. He has all of his original parts except for his machine gun. Like I got a spare parts one. Now, would you seek out a new Duke, or do you keep this one for the emotional attachment? Because, like I say, yeah. I've got my original Ricondo, yeah, and I've—he's got a broken thumb, but you know that's—I well, still remember getting him. Yeah, I see you have a Duke here, yeah. and Duke, your Duke is cockless, yeah, <laughs> and that was a big thing for for the GI Joe figures. The actual another ailment figures. that has, yeah, they—they uh, they have the cock snapping, yeah. the thumb snapping, the O ring snapping. Anyone who's ever had a G.I. Joe has encountered those Have you things. ever replaced an O-ring? I have. Oh, many times. Oh. You have made Frank and Joes, you piece yeah. them together, put in new arms, take my, them apart. My brother made a Joe that looked like him. He took the face of Mercer, the body of Cobra Commander, and the arms of someone else and made a Joe that looked like him. And when I came to sell them... He had the body of Cobra Commander? Yeah, like second, <laughs> th or, second or third generation Cobra Commander. No, but your brother had the body of... <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's, ve he's very imposing. <laughs> Lots of like pipes coming. He was out born with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mother was terrified, but he was born with the body of Cobra Commander. It was awful, <laughs> awful, awful day for her. Anyway, titanium. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> we we worked through it. Um, so when I saw this figure, I was like, I don't recognize this Joe. And I realized my brother had taken the screw out the back, flipped all the parts around, and he'd done it with quite a few of them. So I had to go through and match them up to their parts and their like legs and arms and everything. Anyway, my dad worked with uh, underwater electronics, and he works in a factory uh, servicing underwater like stuff. And they had loads of O-rings everywhere, different size O-rings for seals and stuff because they're always underwater. And the O-rings are the elastics that bind the GI Joe bodies. Thank together. you for the translation. Yes. yes. Yeah. And the and the O-ring is sometimes for those still real, listening. It's a real <laughs> bitch to get them on. And uh, yeah. And so like I'll be like, Dad, Dad, I need some elastics from work. Could, can I have a small elastic that would normally go to the bottom of the ocean and seal this small tube for my G.I. Joe's? Uh, yeah. This is incredible. Pete, thank you for sharing all these secret memories. <laughs> I feel like we're really getting another side to you. I mean, I've, I've known you for years, but uh -huh. this is such a treat. that I, It has I been think. a deep journey yeah. we've traveled on together Oh, today. man, this is absolutely <laughs> incredible. Now, where do you see? Do you see the future of G.I. Joe or Action Force? Um, I kind of want to go back on eBay and buy all the fi my figures back and, and say, uh, you know, just kidding. I want these things back, um, but that's not going to happen. That's cool. I know Tiger Force. I wanted to ask you, too, if you remember Tiger Force. Tiger Force. Were they, oh, they were like a repaints of Joe's, but like in a, like a stripy, like. Yeah. They did them in like cheetah prints and stripy prints. Yeah. And those yeah. ones, I have seen the Action Force versions of those figures, but they're super rare because Blizzard who was the uh, snow guy, all yeah. white. He came out in all yellow in Action Force. What kind of skiing is this guy doing? Why did do this? <laughs> what kind of snow? Is he skiing in yellow <laughs> snow? Like, what is there a lot that's, of... That's the first rule of snow. Is it yellow? <laughs> Don't ski in it. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. And with that, I think we got... Oh, my yeah. God. We can't, can't get much better than yellow snow. No, Don't eat yellow snow, kids. Pete, this has been an amazing weekend. Well... I've, I've got to have you back sometime. Okay. This is incredible. Thank you so much. Is there any uh, any final uh, thoughts? You're doing your CBC. We didn't even get in any of that. Oh, who cares about that stuff? That's, <laughs> when you're talking about Action Force and GI Joes, who cares about that yeah. stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm people just, can hear you on on the radio. And whatever. Who cares about <laughs> that stuff? Um, I am just so thrilled to be in 
this place, this weekend, hanging out with the Word Burglar, talking about G.I. Joe, Action Force, Yo-Jo, Full Force, Cobra La. La, 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 la. But I've, I've had such a great time. Oh, man. Thank you. All right. We'll, we'll see you soon. Dude, it's been a pleasure. Okay. All right. Full, Full Force. Full Force. is the codename for a highly trained rapid deployment force. Its purpose, to defend human freedom against COBRA, a ruthless terrorist organization. Action Force! International heroes! Action Force will dare! Action Force! Action Force This has been a presentation of the Modern Superior Media Network.